This is Invest Like a Honeybee, the podcast where you learn to be smart with your money and invest wisely. Before we get started, please remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. I'm not an investment advisor. Please make sure you discuss any changes to your portfolio with your registered advisors. I may continue to hold stocks I discuss in this podcast or not, depending on when you listen to this podcast. This is about Invest Like a Honeybee. I'm Henry J. Speck. Let's get started. Good morning. I hope you're having a great day and it's gotten a little warmer here now. It's about zero degrees Celsius this morning, so we've got a warm spell. This is a special podcast because I had something else scheduled, but with what happened this past week, I wanted to share with you, and uh, given the title, I'm sure there's some people who disagree with me, and if you do, just email me and I'll get you on the show. If you're a, an investor in condominiums and think they're a great thing to buy as an investment, um, get in touch with me through the email that you can find on uh, wildflowerbeefarm.com, contact us there, or through this podcast. This past week, statistics in Canada for the majority of the provinces, now some of the provinces of Canada did not cooperate, but turns out from 40 to 80 plus percent of condominium purchases and owners are from, quote, and please put a quote in capital letters because they really aren't, called investors. So I wanted to go through it, and I just, I mean, I we had a condominium some years ago in Collingwood, and it was it was supposed to be something we were going to use occasionally, but then rent out as an income property. What a nightmare! Now let me go through the explanation for you and why I think that entire class of housing is not investment grade, if you will. So you buy a condominium, and let's say, and I just did some numbers, they're saying that in Toronto, a condo is 780 plus thousand, the average price, and of course averages, there's probably significantly, hopefully below that and above. Let's assume for a moment you have a 400 or $500,000 condominium mortgage because you've put $150,000 down on the property. Now I know numbers make us all get a little groggy we start feeling like, oh God, here he goes with the numbers. But you see, you have to take emotions out of things as the honeybees do. You have to be able to look at something in front of you and say, okay, right now as I look at this, what is it telling me? And that's another lesson from the honeybee book where you have to be able to in time, real time assess your status. So let's look at a, at a condo. So you buy this condo and you're paying a regular mortgage payment of approximately $2,000, let's just say $2,000 to keep it simple a month. Part of that is premium, uh, sorry, principal, part of that is interest, but let's assume it's $2,000 in cash flow. So right off the hop, if you're going to rent this one bedroom condominium in Toronto to someone, you have to get $2,000 a month to pay for the mortgage payment. Let's assume your taxes are $450 a month, property taxes. Let's assume your condominium fee is $550 a month. So there's another $1,000, so you're at $3,000 a month out of your pocket. Now we have to add insurance, um, other, and of course then we get into management fees. Uh, if you're going to manage it yourself because you live near there and someone calls you with a problem and you're willing to deal with that, that's fine. If not, you have to assume 
at least another 10% for management if you're lucky. So now we're into probably, let's say, to be safe, $3,500 a month. You've invested $150,000 and you can get a conservative 4% on a candidate treasury bond or bill, which means you're losing another $500 a month. So we're roughly around $4,000 a month cash flow that you have to cover. So that's coming out of your pocket, $4,000. Now there's some other problems. In a condominium, you don't own the land and you only own basically the inside walls of your house, but you're a co-owner of that corporation. Many condominiums, if, if there's a building, that one building will be a corporation in itself. That corporation has to have a bank account with cash in it in case there's a problem, in case there's a structural problem, a roof needs repairing, um, if it's uh, central air, that has to be, and so on. So there's going to be, sometimes there, there's what's called a cash call. If you had a condominium in Florida and all of that horrible weather down there and you owned a condominium, you probably got a call that said, hey, you know, our pool's been destroyed, our roof is gone, we need you to buck up 10, 20, 30, $40,000. So there's that risk as well. And, and that's out of your control. The other, so, so we're at about $4,000 of, of clear, probably outlay a month. And then from that, you have to think of the risk of having cash to be able to give to the corp when they need it. And you also have zero control. So in our discussion of honeybees, we talk about, well, when the honeybees decide the home is no longer functional or it's too dangerous or they can't get any food, the honeybees choose to leave and they fly to another home. The problem with owning a condominium is you're restricted with what you can do with it as well as how it's managed and all of these other conditions combined affect your sale price. In our condominium, one of the things that really got me infuriated would, would be in the summer, I would, I would drive up with my wife, Mary, we'd drive up and we'd see, you know, 10 people on their knees picking weeds out of a lawn with branded shirts from a landscape company. Now, I know I was paying for that. We're all paying for that. And when we started, the condo fees were in the $200 range. And a few years later, they were well over $500. You have no control over what happens to your condo fees, just as with property taxes. But it's worse because you have a very small group of people. And most of us don't have enough time nor patience to be on a condo corp, you know, committee or be part of that condo corp. And so the pettiness the, you know, ask to see the financials and the details, the amount of work it takes, the lack of control and the changing rules. For example, the condominium that we belong to, you could only rent it out four times a year by the season. So if I rented it out for one day in the winter, that counted as one rental or one month or three months would be counted as one rental. So there's all these restrictions. If you put a towel on your back balcony to dry after being in the pool, that's a violation of a condo court. They, you know, and, and they encourage people to ride on each other. It's like the Soviet communist Czech Republic in the 50s, 60s and 70s. They want you to ride on your neighbors. 
The other problem with a condo that I found is you hear a lot of things. Regardless of how well the condominium is built, you're going to hear it. It's like living in an apartment, so you're basically buying an apartment. People are well concentrated by definition. That's what a condominium is. So if we look at the cash flow situation, you can see that there is none that you would probably right now be losing about $2,000 a month or $24,000 a year if you owned one of these condos and were renting it out, assuming it's rented and you have good management. So by definition, this purchase would never, in my opinion, be something that I would think would ever have a chance to become a positive cash flow business. In my opinion, and this is my opinion, regardless of where it's located, a condominium is worth $200,000 and it goes down from there if you're going to use it personally. It doesn't matter what the price is because other the, otherwise you're very much like we talk about in, in, the, in a book, Invest Like a Honeybee and, and what Grandpa learned, sorry, what Grandpa learned from his honeybees that, you know, honeybees don't fly farther than it's uh, valuable for them to go to get food. So in other words, well, let's take a human example. If you heard, heard that gas was on sale, say gas was uh, 95 cents a liter four hours away. So you get in your car and you drive four hours. You fill up with gas and then you drive home. But partway home because of the truck you're driving, you have to put more gas in because it's too far away. If you continued with that habit every day, eventually you'd be bankrupt. Or in the case of the honeybee, you would die because you would continually use more resources than you're getting from the effort. And in a way, if you think about it, that's what we talk about when we talk about an investment in a value investor. Value investors know that what they're investing is will help them survive. So we talked about probability and risk and all that other things, but it also produces more than they put out. And that by definition, is what we call the regular cash flow. Now, some people say, well, geez, I know people who bought condos in Toronto for 300,000, 400,000 pre-construction condos, and now they're worth seven or 800. They made all that money, they didn't make any money. They think they did, but they have a few problems facing them. Depending on how long they hold that condominium, they have to deal with all kinds of the costs that we just talked about. And the other issue they have is many pre-construction condo developments were canceled or people got cash calls that there were, you know, parts of those contracts that allowed the developer to increase the price based on building costs, which is absolutely ridiculous. I was going to say ludicrous. If you're buying something or getting some work done, and, and I just had this, I won't get into detail, but if someone sends you a estimate and says, well, the price may vary based on this, that's not a quote. That's not a fixed quote. Do nothing without a fixed quote. And if people say to you, well, you can't get a fixed quote, then I would walk. I wouldn't do the deal because your, your risk is absolutely incredibly high. And we talk about the probability in the book, knowing the probability of what you're going to do. What is the probability of going to zero? Are we going to survive? And my proposal to you today is if I were to invest in condos as an investment vehicle, I would not have a lot of confidence in my ability to survive. Honeybees, it would be the winter. 
for a human like myself and an investor, it would be the next year or two. Lack of control, lack of cash flow, difficulty in management, changing rules. You really don't know what you're investing in. Um, and so what you're going to see probably in the next, uh, this is what I think is happening right now. Let's forget the future. Let's focus on some of the lessons we learned, which is focusing on right now. You're going to see people having to sell their condominiums and you're going to say, well, gee, that condominium used to be worth 700. Now it's worth 400. That's a screaming deal. No, it's not. Unless you're going to live in it and you need a place to stay or unless you have a student going to university, say in Toronto, and you can pick it up for $200,000, a two bedroom, rent out one bedroom, the chances may be good that when four years go by, you can sell it again for 200, hopefully, or 150 or whatever. There'll be no upside, assume. And maybe you keep it as a rental if it's allowed, if you can't get your money out. But that's, that's to limit your loss. But things will go on sale, but they really won't be on sale. And I think the biggest beef I have, and this is one of the things I've talked about in previous uh, podcasts about the issue of land banking. You know, a few years ago when uh, the American election happened and uh, our country as well, uh, there was a lot of talk about carbon offsets and all of that. We looked at some significant acreage uh, in Nova Scotia for that purpose. And they're not investments, they're asset managements because they don't produce any cash flow. Yeah, we could sell some of the lots and all of that. But those were, were purchased as an asset value which is, is, is very different from calling it a value investment. Did we get incredible deals? Absolutely. Did we buy, you know, for 30 cents on a dollar, in my opinion, 25 cents or less on a dollar, in my opinion. And sure enough, within two or three years, uh, we're probably back up to 75 cents on the dollar, even though we paid 25. So, so there is that, but those are not investments. Those are asset allocations based on, um, you know, future things that probably I won't be even be around for. But I tell you, I can sleep at night. I, I could have, you know, a couple hundred acres of land somewhere and sleep like a baby. Well, I don't sleep like a baby, but you know what I mean. Rather than have one condominium somewhere that would keep me up every night, every day, because losing money on an investment would just absolutely, uh, well, a purchase, it's not an investment. So, if you're a person who thinks condos are great investments, let me know. We'll have a little discussion. You can make your case. I'd love to see the numbers, how you figured it out. Please remember, if you get into that game, really open your eyes and look at all the possible costs you could be experiencing, including that knock on the door after a hurricane where they say, hey, we need 50 grand from everybody uh, to fix the pool, the roof, the plumbing, the heating, and then there were the catastrophes in Florida where uh, one condominium a few years ago entirely collapsed and, and killed many people. And these were million dollar plus condominiums. So if you're going to live in one or enjoy one, good for you. Um, but don't consider it an investment. Remember, um, an investment, in my opinion, just it's just my opinion, has to provide you with a cash return, hopefully monthly. And over a long period of time, stable type of something that you all purchased for pennies on the dollar. So I'm Hank, 
for Invest Like a Honeybee. Look forward to talking to you again next time. Actually, next week we have a special guest, and it's going to be, uh, I already did the interview. It's, it's quite interesting. Uh, it's about an investment uh, product that this, uh, this financial planner from New York uh, talks about with me. And by the end of the show, he tells me whether or not he thinks I'm a candidate. You might be surprised with the ending. You have an amazing day. Talk soon. Remember to pick up my latest book, What Grandpa Learned from His Honeybees, the little book to be smart with your money and help the environment on Amazon or Audible. Pick it up today.